<clears throat> Good morning. <clears throat> it's wonderful to see everyone here. We want to thank you for being here with us this morning. If you are visiting with us, we want to, we want to let you know that you are our honored guest. We appreciate you being here so much, and we, we hope that you find yourself comfortable and edified and benefited by being here with us this morning. And we want to thank everyone for being here this morning. We, we, we thank you for making the choice and the, and the decision to be here with us, to worship God in the truth and the spirit, to start the week off, as Nathan said, on the right foot. That's God's foot. Start, start studying his words, singing praises under, under our God, and it's a wonderful time for us to be here as a family together. And that's why we've been going over this month is the family of God and the, individual, and the individual families that we have in God. And this, and this morning, I'm going to have all the verses up here on the board for you. They're all in the New King James Version. I don't normally do the New King James Version, but we're talking about godly children this morning. So I did everything in the New King James Version because most of my children study and read out of the New King James Version as I normally quote and talk about for, uh, from, from the King James Version. So we have been talking about the family of God, and we have gone over uh, uh, godly men, godly women, and now we're to godly children. And I do believe that the elders picked the youngest preacher to talk about godly children, because maybe I'm a little more relatable with that, having children. And, and many times I think Nathan and Monty see me, see me as, a children, as a child as well, because I'm so much younger than they are. But this morning, we're going to be talking about godly children, and yes, teenagers too. I want to make sure that that was out there, because sometimes teenagers start to think, wait a second, I'm not a child anymore. Teenagers too. Young people, children, t- teenagers, and how we should, and how you should be godly, and the things that you should do, the responsibilities that you have as a child of God, and some of the things that I'm sure that we can improve on. As we talk about godly children, you know, we want a strong church family. That's, that's why we've been going over all these things. That's why we've been talking about and breaking these categories down so we can have a strong church family that is going about spreading God's word and bringing souls unto him. And when I say a strong church family, it's not the world's strength, it's, it's God's strength. A, a heart and a mind that is wanting to do the will of God. Strong Christian families at home. That's one of the ways that we can certainly improve this family of God is that at home we have structured families, structured Christian families that are trying to improve upon those things, and we want good godly families at home, and we can bring those good godly things here back to, to this church, to this place. We also want strong leadership and saints, and I put that in there because, Lord willing, next month that's where we're going, going to be going, as we're going to talk about the roles of, of, of leadership, the roles of saints, and we're going to be talking about those things. And to me, united we stand is a lesson that, that we had, but we're still, we're still talking about that, that when we talk about leadership, when we talk about saints, when we talk about the church, or we talk about families, or we talk about mothers and fathers and children and all those things that should be godly, it's a united mindset that we should be united whether we're here, whether we're at home, and we're striving to do God's will. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, the Bible says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Psalm chapter 133, verse 1 says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And I'm talking mostly to the youth today, but these verses apply to every one of us in this room. And when I highlight something blue for the children and the kids, I want you to take special note of that. It is important for us that, that we dwell together in unity. And you younger people, you teenagers, you children, 
are an extremely important part of that brethren dwelling together in unity. Don't sell yourself short because you are short. You are important, and I want you to make sure that you understand how important you are. We have been talking about the family that is in heaven and earth. We're talking about the family of God, and you can bring a lot to the family of God. How pleasant, pleasant it is for brethren to dwell, to dwell together in unity. And everyone in this room is the brethren. We are all family members, and each one of us has an important point and a role to play. The family of God. That's what, that's what we started this month off. That's what Brother Ian talked about was the family of, of God and how we can be here for each other, how we can sharpen each other, how we can encourage each other by being here as a family of God. That is extremely important that whatever your role is, whether you're that hand or that foot, as it's talked about in Romans chapter 12, you are an important part of the family of God. And then after that, Brother Monty talked about godly men, husbands, fathers, godly men, and how we should be, if you are a father or, or you are a husband, you should be a godly husband, a godly father, and godly men. And we looked at some of the examples there of those men that, that, that exhibit all those things in the, in, in the Word of God. But I want us to think about those things that Monty talked about. Are you that godly husband and that godly father? Are there things that you can improve upon in your life or in that work? Because God has responsibility and a role for you in your home to be that leader that leads your family to God. And we talked about godly husbands and godly fathers. Brother John talked about last Sunday about godly women, wives and mothers, and some of those great examples in the Word of God of those women that do those things. And if you are a mother or if you are a wife, as you looked at those ladies, as you listen to what John talked about, are you that wife? Are you that godly mother? Are you doing things to support your husband? Are you doing things to help support your children and lead them towards God so that we can be a strong, strong family in God, that God has expectations for us. He has roles. He has things that he wants those family units to do so that they can strengthen this family unit. And we're going to be talking about godly children this morning. You know, the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, the Bible says, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, any affection and mercy, for fulfill my joy by being like-minded and having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Look each of you, let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. As we're talking about strengthening the family of God, strengthening the family at home. That it says here that fulfilling my joy as you be like-minded, having the same love. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition. And I remember being a teenager. I remember being a child, and I was a selfish teenager and a selfish child. At that age, it's difficult, but God wants you to look on other people's interests more than your own. And it's going to take effort. It's going to take some effort for you to do these things. But this is, these are verses for all of us, brothers and sisters. We all need to make sure that we are doing things that are esteeming each other, that we are supporting each other, that we are building each other up, that you be like-minded having the same love. That's everybody. Whether you're a husband or a father or a wife or a mother or a child, you can do all these things in Philippians chapter 4. You can do it. 
And I want to encourage you to do so this morning. You know, in each one of these categories has a responsibility and an expectation in the kingdom of God according to God's word. If you fall into one of these categories, and we all do, if you're not a, a, a wife or mother, you're a godly woman. If you're not a husband or a father, you're a godly man. And if you are a child, you are a godly child. You are a godly children or teenager. And there is a responsibility that God bears out in his word that you should do, that, a certain way that you should be. That God wants those husbands to lead their home, those wives to submit and support their husbands and children to follow. And we're going to talk about godly children this morning as we kind of have that recap there of the things that we have been studying this month. I want us to focus this morning on godly children. And if you're not considered a godly children or a godly teenager, there are many verses in here that are profitable for each and every one of us. Things that we could do and improve our lives. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 11, even a child is known by his deeds, whether, whether what he does is pure and right. So the, so the Bible says that a child is known by his deeds, if they're good or bad, if they're, if they're good or evil. So you have a responsibility to make sure that your deeds are good, that your deeds are pure, that your deeds are right. You know, the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, the Bible says, but you must continue in the things which I have learned, which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom ye have learned them. And that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And I've been struggling a tiny bit. If I start quoting stuff in King James Version, I'm sorry. It's a little difficult for me to read everything out of the New King James Version. It says, A child is known by his deeds. It says here that Timothy, Paul is writing to Timothy, those things that you have learned, you've learned them from a child. From your childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures, that many of the children in this room have parents that have taught you the Holy Scriptures, that you have been in this building all your lives, that you know the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation, which is in Christ Jesus. So sometimes when we read these verses, or sometimes when you hear a lesson, you might think, that's, that's got to be for Ian or Tim or, or some older guys or some older ladies, these verses are for all. And it says here, a child is known by his deeds and you have learned. And, and it says here, knowing from whom you have learned them. See, Timothy was blessed with a grandma and a mom who did him a great, great deed. And that was he, they taught him the word of God. We in this building, many of us have those same type of grandmothers and moms it says here in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, it says, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. So children, when you have those moms and those dads or those grandmas and those grandfathers that are teaching you those things, listen to them. Soak it in. It is a blessing that you have those parents, that you have those grandparents that are wanting to show you and teach you the Holy Scriptures. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 through 4, it says, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for that is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. And your fathers, and you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Children, you have parents, you have grandparents that are teaching you, that are showing you the word of God. 
And it says, children, obey your parents in, in, the, in the Lord. It says, that's, that, that, that's right. That is a godly commandment. You have a responsibility, just like I have a responsibility, to train my children in the way that they should go, bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, as the King James Version says. I have that responsibility. You, as children, have the responsibility to obey. And it says, give honor to your father and your mother. And I would extend that to even grandmothers and grandfathers. Give them honor that it will be well with you as you live long on the earth. Your parents love you, and they want what is best for you. And if you have godly parents that are showing you the word of God, and that are disciplining you and correcting you so that you don't grow up to have no sense of what is right or wrong, honor that mother, honor that grandmother, honor that father, honor that grandfather. Give them that honor, and when they correct you, Take that for what it's supposed to be. It says, fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nourishing admonition of the Lord. Bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Sometimes that means correction. And children, you have a responsibility to take that correction and use that correction for what it's supposed to be meant for. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 13 through 14, do not withhold correction from a child. For if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. You shall beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from hell. We as parents have a responsibility to, to administer correction to our children. And if we do that, it means we are trying to train them up the way the Lord wa wants us to. And it says, if you do those things, they'll not die, but you'll deliver their soul from hell. Now, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11, it says, no, that now no chastening seems, seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. You know, we as adults get the same correction from God's word. We mess up. We do things wrong. Our Heavenly Father shows us in the Bible the things that we have done wrong, and then we get that same correction. And guess what? It's painful. There's many times when I do something wrong and I look in God's word and I'm like, man, I have really messed up. I'm getting that correction. But use that correction. It says there that, but it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. A child, and I'm glad my dad's here. When I was a child and I would receive correction from doing some dumb thing, it wouldn't, it wouldn't yield that peaceable fruit to me. I would just get madder. I would just get madder and madder. And I wasn't thinking about the lesson that I was trying to get from my, from my father, from my mother. I learned them later, but I, I want you children to understand that when you get that correction, when they correct you when you're doing something wrong, think about it and use that correction so that you get that peaceable fruit of righteousness, that, that they're training you to not do those things. And I think children and teenagers have a responsibility to accept that correction and take that correction for what it's meant to be and then correct your life and correct those things and those situations in your life. Your parents are not doing it to be mean. They're doing it to help you. Just like God's word, when God's word and God and his son correct us, is because they love us. <clears throat> Changing gears here just a little bit. I appreciate Riley's reading. He read there from Luke chapter 2. Verses 41 through 52, and I want us to look at a few verses from that, from that reading here. And I want us to think about, as children, at what age you are, what can you do? Can you do anything to help God's Word and help God's church? The answer is absolutely. You certainly can. 
Now, the Bible says in Luke chapter 2, it says, And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother did not know it. He was 12 years old. And I know this is a story about Jesus. And none of us are Jesus on this earth. And I get that. But Jesus was sent in the flesh. He was tempted just like we were. He was a man while he was on this earth. And there are things in this story that we can draw out for the young people that you can do that will benefit you. 12 years old, okay? That's how old Jesus is in this story, this young boy. And it says there in verse 46, it said, Now, so it was that after three days they found him in the temple. If you, if, if you remember what Riley read was they had left, and they thought Jesus was with them. Have parents done that before? I have. Where's my child? I've left them somewhere. And you start this panic. You know, the parent, Joseph and Mary, reacted exactly like any other parent would. They're like, I thought he was with us. Where is he? We've got to go back and get him. And that's, that's good that, that they react that way, and they go find Jesus. And it says here, now, so it was that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. As a parent, do you, do you, do you know that feeling? You are like, and you're like, why'd you do this? You scared us to death. That's good parents. Good parents. It says in verse 49, he said to them, why, why did you seek me? Did you, not, did you not know that I must be about my father's business? 12 years old. That's just Zachary's 11. 12 years old. He's sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening and asking questions. If you are a young person here this morning, a child or a teenager, can you listen and ask questions? Absolutely. You can listen to the Word of God. You can listen to sermons or listen to your parents and ask questions and be there and engage and gain that knowledge. You know, we, we had the, that youth night the other night, and all those children were, had questions, and they had those answers immediately, faster than I could think of them. I was like, that wasn't. And one of the kids would shout out the answer. And I was like, wow, that was, their brains just work really fast because they listen and they ask questions. You can do that, children. You can listen and you can ask questions. And then Jesus said, do you not know that I must be about my father's business? You children and teenagers, can you be about your father's business? You know, many times when we think of 11-year-olds or 12-year-olds, like, oh, they, don't give them too much. They need to have fun. God is not overly concerned with your fun. He's concerned with you going out and doing the, his will and doing his work. Children, you have a responsibility to be about your father's business. It's okay to have fun. Y'all know how, what, what a nerd I am and a Star Wars fan. I have a lot of fun. But there's responsibilities that we need to do. And here we see this example of a 12-year-old boy saying, I must be about my father's business. Children, you need to work. You see other children at school. You see other kids on Facebook. I don't have Facebook. You have interacting with people. You can do so much for the kingdom of God by listening and asking questions and gaining that knowledge and being about your father's business. Verse 51, it says, Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God 
and men. I just want to point that, that out. Jesus was 12 years old. He went back to Nazareth and what? Was subject to them. What does that mean? He obeyed his parents. He honored his earthly father and mother. He wanted to be about his father's business. I don't know exactly how much Jesus knew when he was 12 years old about what that business was going to entail, and I'm not going to make a, a, a guess there, but he knew that he should be about God's business. But he still was with his parents, and he still obeyed his parents. He was with them, subject to them, and he gave them honor. And he increased in wisdom and stature. Now, children and teenagers, you're not going to get the same stature as Jesus Christ, but you will grow in wisdom and stature by listening and asking questions and being about your father's business. You can do these things. I want to encourage you. You can do these things even at a young age. Here's another example. In 1 Samuel, verse 17, if you know this story, it's David and Goliath. And during this story here, those verses leading up is that the armies of Israel went out to meet the armies of the Philistines, or they went out to meet the armies, and David and Goliath was there, a nine-foot-something big dude, right? And for 40 days, he's there just cursing God, blaspheming, and saying, send out your best warrior, and I'll kill him. And he's defying the armies of the living God. And I, did, I always missed that part. Forty days, these, this army is hearing Goliath spew all these things against God. But everyone was afraid, and nobody wanted to go fight him. David was keeping his father's sheep. He wasn't there. And then his father said, take some food and, and stuff to your brothers because they're warring. So this young man, he's a young man. The young man David goes, and he gives his food, and he's listening and, and David hears, he's like, who is this guy that is spouting all this junk, defying the armies of the living God? Who is this guy? And they said, well, this, it's, it's Goliath. This is giant man. We're all afraid of him. We're all scared. Grown men, adults, scared. And he's a, I'm sure he was a scary guy. That's a big dude, right? But David hears this stuff. And David doesn't hear it for 40 days. He hears it for just a, just a little bit, and he's had enough. And it says here in 1 Samuel verse, uh, chapter 17, verse 32, the Bible says, And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight him. You are youth, and he a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion and a bear came and took a lamb out, out of the flock, so stop for just a second. It says, David had courage and strength. And David said, your servant will go and fight this Philistine. I've heard enough. But Saul says, you're just a kid. This guy's a man of war, a large man of war. What can you do? And David says, I've been keeping my father's sheep. And it says there in verse 35, said, and I went out, because it, it was talking about a lion and a bear, and said, and I went out, it I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb out of its mouth. That's a lion's mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and I struck and I killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Verse 37, moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me out of the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. And you know the story. 
they try to put a bunch of armor on David. He said, I haven't tested this armor. I don't know what it means. I, where's my sling? I'll get some stones. He goes down there and he kills Goliath. But it's his courage. Why did he have this courage? He's a youth. Most of the time, children don't have that kind of courage. It's because David trusted in God. David's already been through some stuff with a lion and, and, and a bear. And he says that I've been delivered out of those things. It says, I struck down those animals and I delivered that lamb back. It said, the lion and the bear were nothing because God is with me. And it said, this uncircumcised Philistine is going to be just like them. I'll take him down. And it said, the Lord delivered me from the lion and the, and the bear. He's going to deliver me from this Philistine. That's trust in God. When you, young children and teenagers, come up against a giant of a situation, a giant of a problem, or something that's scary, know that if you have those holy scriptures from a youth, you've got God. Have that trust and that faith in God, but you need to work on building that trust and that faith in God. David, who was a youth, a young man, was able to do this because he trusted in God. It wasn't him. He was a little guy, and he just had a sling. But he had God. He had the Lord, and he had trust in God. You, young children, teenagers, you can have that same trust in God. Well, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 8, the Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. This slide gets all blue. For one, whether you're a, an, a child or adult today, study these verses. Write them down. Because each and every one of us can think about trusting in God. You know, this is, this is David. This is David when he was a young man. He had the trust in God. He trusted God with all his heart to deliver him from the hand of the Philistine. And he did. You, young children, Start getting that trust in God. Start trusting the Lord. Start studying his words. Start asking questions of anybody in this room. Get your answers and build upon your faith and have that genuine faith. So don't lean on your own understanding. Lean on God's understanding. And as a child or a teenager, you get a lot of knowledge. There's stuff coming at you that is incorrect every day. And it's difficult because you have friends or you have peers at school and all these things, and they want to they, they talk about something that is contrary to the word of God. Trust in God. Trust in his word. And depart from evil. And it'll be health to your flesh, strength to your bones. And your bones are growing. Get that flesh. Get that strength that God offers you. you know, the Bible says in Psalms chapter 71, verse 5, it says, You are my hope, O Lord God. You are my trust from my youth. When can you start building that trust in God? Right now. As soon as possible. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1, Solomon writes here, Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth, before the difficult days come and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. Remember your Creator, God, from your youth. That way, when the difficult times come, when you get older, you've already got God. You've already got that foundation. You've already got that strength. You've got Jesus Christ because you, from a youth, have had that trust in God. From a youth, you remember your creator. From a youth, you've had a grandmother or a grandmother or a father or a grandfather who has taught you the Holy Scriptures, which is able to make you wise. So when should you start 
having faith in God as soon as possible. From a small child to a teenager to an adult, have that faith, have that trust in God, and start it from an early age. It will benefit you in your life greatly, greatly, if you from a youth, from a child now, start having that relationship, having that faith, having that trust in God. And don't be discouraged because you're young. Don't think that you can't do it because you're young. And I know those thoughts. I have four children. I get it. They think sometimes, well, I can't do these things. I'm not an adult. You'd be surprised what you can do. You'd be surprised at the impact of this family of God that you'll have by doing those things that I know that you guys can do. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 through 8, this is Jeremiah. This is the Lord speaking to Jeremiah. As it says here in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4, the Bible says, For the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you and ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am a youth. For you shall go to all to whom I send you, and, what, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Sounds like David, doesn't it? Jeremiah says a simple question. God says, when you were formed in the womb, I knew you. So children, take that thought. God knew who you were in the womb. He said, when you were in the womb, I knew you. You were, you were known. He says, I sanctified you, Jeremiah, and made you a, a prophet. But Jeremiah says, wait a second, God. I'm, I'm just a kid. I'm a youth. Are you sure you want me to start being about your business? I'm just a child. The Lord said, don't say that you're a child. Don't say that you're a youth. He says, you're going to go out and you're going to do all these things, and I'm going to be with you. And don't be afraid because you're a youth, and don't be afraid because you're a child, because he says, I will deliver you says God. I will be with you, says God. And then Jeremiah, obviously, if you continue studying, he goes out and does what God want, who, want, who wants him to do. I know those doubts. I know those confidence issues that come with that age. But God, what is he doing? He's giving Jeremiah confidence. He's giving him courage. He's giving him what he needs. The word came to Jeremiah. The word came to you children as well. You've got that Bible. You've got a Bible app. You've got that word of God that is to you. And even though you're a youth, you can do all kinds of stuff for the kingdom of God. Jeremiah did all kinds of good things. He was a prophet and he spoke. He wasn't afraid of his youth. He wasn't afraid how old he was because God said, I'm going to be with you and I will deliver you. Don't be afraid. Go out and do those things. And I want to encourage our young people to do that. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11 through 13, coming back here to Timothy, in Timothy chapter, in, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11 and, and 13, the Bible says, These things command and teach, let no one despise your youth, but be thou an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Paul says, let no one despise your youth. You know, when we sometimes as adults see children we formulate an opinion sometimes way too fast. We despise the youth. Why? Because they're a youth. They're loud. They're rowdy. They're doing all things in it and, 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 and their conduct. Do you remember those verses that, was, that we read earlier? A child is known by his deeds. Paul's saying here, 
Don't despise your youth, but be an example. That's the difference that God's children can do. Is that be an example to the believers so they don't have a reason to despise the youth. They have a reason to love the youth, to encourage the youth. It says you can be an example to the believers. And you may not think that because you're young. And you see us up here, older guys, doing all this work. But if you come up to us and you speak to us, you hug us, you tell us that you love us, what a good lesson. That was great. It's great to see you. How are you doing? Those things are huge. And they could build up the entire family of God. It says there be an example in conduct. Can y'all do that? Yes. In word. Can you youth do that? Yes. In love. Can you do that? Yes. In spirit and in faith and in purity. None of these things are beyond your reach. None of these things are beyond the scope of a young person doing. It says give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Can our youth do that? They showed us that the other night. They are giving attention to reading. They know the answers from some of the questions. It's fantastic. And I want to encourage you to continue to do that. Y'all can be such great examples, such great motivators for everyone. Continuing there in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14 now, it says, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this you will, both, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. It says, do not neglect the gift that is in you. This is Paul writing to, 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 to Timothy, right? This is Paul writing to an evangelist, so an evangelist can do some things, and we understand that. But don't neglect what you can do, young people, young girls, young boys, yes, teenagers, young adults. Don't neglect the things that we know that you can do. Try them out. It says meditate on these, on, on these things and give yourself entirely to them. You can do that. You can meditate on the Word of God. You can meditate on how you can be a better Christian, and you can try to practice those things. And it says if you do that, your progress is going to be evident. We'll see the growth of our young community in this church, and we'll see their progression if you do like Jesus and you just sit there and you listen, you ask questions, and you try to be about your father's business. I encourage you, y'all can do these things. Don't neglect what you can do. Meditate on God's word. Meditate on those things. You know, Ian, when he talked about the, the family of God, read this verse. It says, Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. And that verse is just for adults, right? That's, that, that's for me and Jason. That's for me and Monty. That's for Toya and Darlis, right? That's just for adults, right? No. You children can do so much. You young people can do so much. You can sharpen the adult community in this building, by doing things as simple as Proverbs chapter 16, verse 24, the Bible says, a pleasant, pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. Is this verse for adults only? Absolutely not. You can have a kind word, and you can edify and encourage the older people in this room. You can sharpen not only each other, but everybody Y'all can do so much more than you think you can. And, and I get it, that confidence, that, that age. You think that you can, but you can. 
Jesus was 12, 12 years old, almost Zachary's age, and he was about his father's business, listening and asking questions. And many of you youth are older than him. Y'all can do these things. Pleasant words. Great to see you. How about a hug? I love a hug. And that means so much. And it encourages people so much to do these things. Here's another all blue. You write these verses down. You youth can do these things. And I'll encourage you to do so. As we close our lesson, I want to also revisit some verses I think we've read as we've been talking about this family of God. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10 through 11, the Bible says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in will be burned up. Verse 11, Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what matter of persons ought you to be in all holy conduct and godliness? It doesn't say what manner of adults ought you to be. It says what manner of persons ought you to be. At this moment, we have time, right? At this moment, you children, you youth have time. I would encourage you to not wait. Don't make a notice like, you know, in a couple months, oh, I'm going to try those, those things out. Try them out now. It says the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. We don't know how long we'll have. And this goes for everybody in this room. But while we have the time, what matter of persons ought we to be in holy conduct and godliness? We should try to be the Christians that God wants us to be. While we have time, we should be improving upon our Christian lives. And young people, I would encourage you to try these things out. If you need help, that's what the adults are for. They've already been through the youth stage. So they get it. Ask them. Ask them questions. How can I be better? How can I do these things? And that alone will be an encouragement to us. And we can all grow as a family of God. Children at home, listen to your parents. They are trying to help you to be the best Christian that you can be. And then take those things as you get older and you do things in the church and this family of the church will grow. And it's all about united, we stand and we can all do these things and we can all grow and be a stronger family. And you kids are a huge point, are a huge part, a necessary, vital, valuable part of this family. And we know that you can do all these things that we talked about this morning. If you're not a child of God this morning, if you children, if you youth have not obeyed the gospel, you, 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 you have time. That's, that's the great first step. Come to Jesus Christ and be baptized in his name. Be buried with him in baptism and rise and walk in newness of life. And then you can start. You can start doing all those things. That's a great step. If you are, are a child of God, whether that's a youth or an adult, and some things are going on. Maybe you haven't been doing the things that you can do. That's okay. That happens to all of us. We want to encourage you and build you up. And we want to pray with you or for you in all these things. That many times you may think that an invitation is for adults only. It is not. If there's some things that are going on in your life, children, or adults, and you need the prayers of the church, you need the help of the church, we are a family. Each and every one of us is here for each and every one of us. If there's, if there's anyone of either class, we ask that you please come sit on the front row and make your wishes known as we stand and we sing. Dear Lord, tear the bears down. Show me his convicting tears.